This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to today's episode where we're going to be looking at graduate entry into the legal profession. Kerry, Nigel and I are delighted to be joined by two guests today, Jess Piggott and Joseph Toft. Now, Joseph is a second year LLB law student who I understand has had a look at our actions from the last podcast. Thanks, Fran. And welcome, Joseph. Really great to have you on the podcast today. Um, One of the actions that came from the podcast last time was to do a personal SWOT analysis. Um, Just as a reminder, for those that don't um, know what a SWOT analysis is, um, it's a a way of plotting your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and and threats um, against uh, where you are in in your sort of thinking around your career. Um, Can you tell us, Joseph, how you found that um, exercise and and perhaps some of the insights that came out from, from that for you? Hi, Kerry. Um, Yes, so I completed the exercise uh, following the last podcast. Um, It was really, really insightful, actually, really helpful to do. And and I spoke about it with, I think the phrase we used was personal boardroom. Um, So my my, my family to to see what insight they had. Um, In terms of strengths, we agreed that um, communication and teamwork was probably a strength for me. Um, You know, working with people and public speaking about things that I'm very comfortable with. Um, and drafting as well, and, and, and being concise and accurate when, when I'm drafting. Um, in terms of attributes, we, we um, said that I was probably quite compassionate and quite empathetic. Um, so we thought, you know, that was that was quite valuable um, as an insight for someone looking to, to have a career in the law. Um, they're quite they're, they're skills that would be quite useful um, either as a solicitor or a barrister. Um, and so I, I thought that was quite valuable. In terms of weaknesses, um, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to improve my commercial awareness. I think that's probably a perennial for law students. Um, and it's something that's very important um, now as ever. Um, in terms of networking, I originally sort of found that quite difficult as well, sort of in, when, when we were in person. And I've had to really work over the last sort of year, year and a half or so to improve my networking skills, both of which are really, really important, obviously, looking towards a career in the law, um, getting on with with firms and chambers and finding out the information you need. Um, opportunities, as, as I've said, you know, my strengths are, are quite, quite well suited to um, the careers I was looking at. Um, and obviously, we're recording this in lockdown, the, the pandemic um, that we're currently experiencing, whilst it's been utterly awful for so many people, um, it, it does mean that we've had an increase in online activities, and, and there's been more, you've been able to engage in more um, remotely. And so that's, that's, a, that's an interesting opportunity at the moment. And I'm trying to take advantage of that and trying to broaden my horizons a little bit whilst, whilst in lockdown. Um, and, and then finally, threats law is obviously very competitive. And, and, and to pick up on the pandemic point, again, you know, it, it might be particularly with the economy going into downturn, that um, recruiters are a little bit more reluctant um, to to recruit people and those opportunities which are already quite sparse become um, even more few and far between. So yeah, uh, that was very valuable. I thought it was it was nice to to link the the, the skills that I have to um, the world as it is at the moment, and, and I and I enjoyed doing that. 
Oh, that's great. Thanks, Joseph. And uh, you mentioned there that networking was something that you you look to improve and have been working on over the last sort of 18 months or so. Um, what steps have you taken to, to do that? Can you just shine some light on that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So it's been a question of um, trying to attend as many events as I can. And obviously, before lockdown occurred, um, I was very lucky in that there was lots of events on campus, lots of in-person events. Um, I've got involved with a couple of societies that are um, very focused on sort of future future careers and employment. Um, and I've been able to take sort of um, hints and tips from them. Um, and also that's provided a route into opportunities like sort of um, evenings in, in chambers and, and, and more sort of exclusive events whereby you can get to know people better and build up a rapport in, in a slightly warmer and, and, and perhaps even less intimidating environment. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. And I think another um, point that we talked about in our last podcast was when you are talking to people at these events and trying to get to know the organisations, you know, what they stand for, their values, etc. It's always good to have a couple of questions up your sleeve and, uh, you know, what's your main first question and then what, what should be a follow up question just to try to get that a little bit deeper. Um, have you had any thoughts around what what they might be that you could share today? Yes, so um, I, I considered this after the last podcast, and I found it surprisingly difficult, actually, to think of, a, of, of really good sort of follow-up questions to have. So mine might be a little bit unimaginative, but um, I think it's always quite good to obviously tailor the question to the discussion you've been having and, and what the answer to that first question was. Um, and sometimes perhaps to, to think of um, examples to ask, you know, could you perhaps give me an example of, of when you you know you did that as as a, as a firm or as a as a set of chambers, um, and and what that looked like sort of thing? And, and I think we touched on that, or you touched on that in the last podcast about you know what does it look like in practice? Um, and I think getting practical examples, particularly when talking about something like pro bono work, for example. Um, is a really good way of getting a sense of what it means for that particular employer. That's great. Thanks very much for that, then, Joseph. And uh, I'm going to hand over to Nigel now, who's going to introduce Jess. Hi, good, off good afternoon, everyone. And um, great to be here for this episode. And Joseph, that was fascinating. As you say, I think some of the things around networks we spoke about are really, really important. So, uh, and going back, as you say, to lockdown, you know, and the, almost the need to do that in a virtual way brings its extra challenge as well. But perhaps an opportunity because, you know, if we can't be anywhere physically and we can't travel three hours, perhaps, as you say, at least we can hook into something that's, um, you know, in a more, on a more regular basis from our front room even. So that's, that's good. Um, so, yes, uh, Great to be here this afternoon, and, and Jess, I, I, just to introduce you. So, um, Jess Pigger, Jess is a, a Reed Reed Smith, and uh, Jess and I have known each other a little while because, and I'll let Jess explain about this. So, we're both actually uh, alumni from um, King's College London. Myself, many more years before before Jess, I have to say. Um, but but Jess, I'll let me hand over to you just to say say a few words about your background. Thanks, Nigel. Yeah, we so Nigel and I met. I was in my second year at King's College London and I was studying business management and the university ran a leadership course and Nigel was one of the speakers on that course. Um, and at the end of his um, seminar, I sort of went up to Nigel and at that point I was considering starting a career in law. Um, so I approached Nigel and just asked for any information that he had um, on law and what I should be doing. Um, so that was my second year of uni. I then finished at King's, um, went on to do the GDL, then the LPC, and then started my training contract at Reed Smith, where I 
recently qualified there into the structured finance team. Um, and I've been qualified now for, well, it's gone really quickly, but it's been over three months now, actually. So, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. No, thank you, Jess. Yeah. Lovely, lovely to hear. And as you say, an interesting background, you say, because originally, you know, you didn't do laws first degree. And so I think some of the thinking we want to bring into these podcasts is all of the, the different pathways that there are towards uh, areas of law. Um, you know, you're now in a private practice firm. And, and the way we're going to run the, this this um, this podcast today is very much just to let you uh, and Joseph have a have a conversation. Obviously, as you say, you're a little bit further, further along your own pathway. Um, so, um, Joseph, at this point, I, I know you've got, you know, you've got a few a few questions and a few thoughts you wanted to sort of ask, ask Jess and ask her, her opinion on just to get some thoughts on, on career. So, uh, Joseph, should I hand over to yourself um, now just to have uh, to uh, sort of begin the discussion with Jess? Yeah, thanks, Nigel. Yeah, I've put together a few questions, uh, five questions that I thought it might be nice to ask. Um, so I'll, I'll fire away. Um, the first question I was, I was going to ask, um, you didn't take law as a first degree. Can I ask what led you to your degree choice and, and how your degree choice helped you in your legal career? Yeah, sure. So I, so my favourite subjects at A-level were maths and business. So when I was choosing my undergraduate degree, I sort of wanted one that incorporated both of those subjects. So the business management degree course at King's allows you to focus on an area of business that you like. So for me, that was finance and economics. So that's why I chose the course I did at King's. Um, has it helped me in my legal career? Definitely. And it actually goes back to what you were just discussing in the introduction about commercial awareness. Um, my degree was a great introduction and foundation to understanding businesses and understanding how events in the market can impact them. Um, and this is something that's really important when you enter the legal profession. Of course, the law is very important, but also having an awareness as to the businesses that your clients operating in and the different market events that can affect them and how is is really important and yeah the earlier you can start that the better I think. Brilliant thanks Jess that, that that's really interesting. Um, the second question I was going to ask then and sort of following on from the first um, what drew you to law after, after you finished your first degree? Yeah so I never thought I was going to go into the legal profession it wasn't until my second year at uni where basically how it worked is you selected different modules and I had one module left that I needed to fill and I thought right I'll do this contract law module um and I wasn't it wasn't one that I was really excited about it just needed to fill my final module um so I didn't have any expectations um went in my on my first day and I remember actually the first session and straight away I knew it wasn't what I was expecting it to be my tutor, I remember he was a really, really good tutor. And he said, the first thing he said was, you need to treat all legal problems methodically, taking into account each stage one by one. And I suddenly thought, oh, that's not how I was expecting this module to, to be like. I thought it was going to be about Latin and all these different things, <laughs> which it wasn't at all. Um, so by the end of that module, I knew I had an interest 
I knew there was something there that I thought, actually, I like this. This isn't what I thought law was. Um, so that was my second year. In, the th- in my third year, there was an employment law module. So I took that one as well. And I knew by the end of that, that the legal profession was something I was interested in. And it was then at that point, I needed to think, is it something that I'm going to embark on? Is it something that I want to do? And I had reservations because I hadn't studied law. I hadn't been part of the law society or any of these other things, which I thought you would need to do in order to get into a legal career. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. I want to do this. And actually, that, that's when I found out you don't need to have studied law. You don't need to have been a member of the Law Society. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's great if you have done that. But it's not the only route into law. So I went on and did the GDL and carried on my career in law. Brilliant. Well, that's fascinating, Jess. Thank you very much. And I suppose it tallies with what we see, you know, with increasing numbers of people coming to law from a, a maths and science background, just because it Definitely. is so, so methodical. Yeah. Um, so the third, sorry, the first podcast, Know Thyself, um, that spoke about identifying um, your values and, and what enthuses you. Um, did you consider these questions when you were choosing your career path and, and what impact did they have? Yeah, good question. Definitely. Because ultimately, if you're not interested in something or something doesn't sit right with you, you're not going to want to work hard at it. You're not going to want to try it in the same way as if it's something that does sit right with you and something that you do enjoy. So I think it's really important to make sure you do go down a path that sits right with your values and obviously you're enthusiastic about. And I know because I I was in that position where sometimes that takes a bit of time and that's fine. And I think that's part of the process. But the best way to know what does excite you and what you are interested in is by getting into the firms and getting into the chambers and speaking with people. Because I know there were certain, you know, things I thought, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds amazing. And then you actually get into the firm and it's not what you were expecting. And the only way you're going to know is by actually, you know, going out there. Um, so that's that's what I did. Um, so I went into different firms, obviously open days and things like that. And ultimately, that's why I ended up choosing Reed Smith, because I had a good feeling when I went into the firm. I liked the people I was speaking to. It felt right. And ultimately, it was something that I felt would be a good fit for me. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really good point. Make sure that you do stay true to your values and don't be put off if you don't feel like you've found something you're enthusiastic about straight away, because I think it's a process. Thank you. Um, next question I wanted to ask then, the second podcast, that um, encouraged listeners to um, delve deeper when engaging with potential employers um, to try to identify the reality of what say pro bono commitments or diversity what that means for that employer um, and you heard my attempt at a, a follow-up question to ask recruiters can I ask what your follow-up question was or perhaps you had more than one when you were networking yeah and I like this idea of a follow-up question actually um, because I think your example earlier was very good um, it's it's a way of getting more information from employers because most law firms will say the same things most chambers will probably say the same things that 
that, you know, they take diversity seriously, that they are engaged in pro bono initiatives, that they, you know, are client focused, probably they're all going to say similar things. So the way you can find out how seriously they take these things and what their initiatives are is by asking follow-up questions. And I think what you said earlier was perfect. Ask for examples. So if a firm says, you know, pro bono is something that we are very engaged in and we take seriously, ask what pro bono projects the firm is engaged with. How many pro bono clients do they have? Um, What level of trainee, you know, engagement is there and just general firm engagement all these kind of questions are gonna these follow-up questions are gonna get more information and ultimately they work for both parties in the conversation because for you you get more information and with that information you can make a more informed decision for the person that you're talking to it shows you're actively listening to them And I think in a conversation, you know, you want to feel that you're being listened to. So if that person is, you know, you're showing engagement by asking these follow-up questions, it's a win-win for everyone. So I think it's a really good concept, this idea of a follow-up question. I think definitely in networking situations, make make sure you use it for sure. Well, thank you. That's really interesting, and 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 I say that's the point. It, it it's engaging with the the recruiter and showing that you've listened, and perhaps tailoring your follow up questions to to what's been said. Um, finally, then, would you change anything, Jess, in your route to a career in law if you had the chance to do it again? Um, and based on that, what one or two actions would you suggest for someone who is um, planning to embark on their legal career? Yeah, another good question. So. Joseph, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago if I would have changed um, anything on my journey into, into law, I probably would have listed about 10 things that I would have changed and wouldn't have done this, would have done this, should have done that. But actually, now I look and I think I wouldn't have changed anything because ultimately everything that happened and all the experiences that, that I've had and my different studies has been a real positive. And even things like rejection and setbacks, they're positives too, even though at the time they don't feel like it and they don't at the time. But sometimes you think, actually, I think that was meant to happen. I don't think I was supposed to go down that path. Um, So I definitely think that looking back, no, I I wouldn't change anything not at all, not now, um, now that I've got more of an understanding. So I definitely think take setbacks and knockbacks as a positive and make sure you, as long as you learn from them and you look and think, okay, why didn't that go right? Why didn't I get that? And if you learn from it, you actually come back stronger anyway. So I think they can actually be a positive. Um, In terms of what I would suggest for someone starting their legal career, I think one bit of advice that Nigel gave me actually, um, and it's always it's always stuck with me, is own your own journey. So it's quite difficult, like you said at the beginning, it's competitive industry. There's a lot of people going for not as many jobs, and it's quite difficult sometimes to not compare yourself to other people and think, I should have done that like the amount of times I've thought I should have done law. 
but no ultimately I shouldn't have done law I I should I should own the fact that I didn't do law and these are the positives that I can bring because I studied business which someone who studied law wouldn't necessarily have they have other positives but you have your positives so I think own your journey and even if that's meant that you've had a setback so if you haven't got your training contract when you wanted or you haven't got your pupillage when you wanted and you've had to take a year two years out doing something completely different that's part of your journey and I think that's something for you to talk about and there'll be skills that you'll have learned from those two years year that you wouldn't have learned if you hadn't have had that time so I think that's one thing to always bear in mind, particularly when you feel like things aren't going right, is to remember like this is your route in and it will all work out. Um, and my second bit of advice would be ask questions because you're not going to get information unless you ask. And even in terms of just asking for opportunities, if you don't ask, what's the worst? Someone said this to me and they said, the worst someone can say is no. And it's true. Someone will just say no. And then you just ask someone else and you just, you know, keep going. Don't give up. Even when you're getting setbacks, just keep going and don't get too disheartened um, along the way. That's been wonderful, Joseph. And Jess, thank you so much. I mean, it's been, you know, one thing that, again, learning by doing has struck me. The other thing, Jess, is, you know, that I hear for so many people and Joseph, I guess, as you look forward on your journey as well is, things that surprise you sometimes about, you know, oh, well, I didn't think that module was going to be like that, or I didn't think that that topic or that career path was going to, or that work experience was going to be like that. Or sometimes you're hoping, as you say, Jess, you go into something thinking, oh, that's the path I'm going down. You think, oh, perhaps not. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, so that whole thing of learning by doing, as you say, the asking, getting a bit of experience, going somewhere for a day becomes, yeah, becomes really critical. So that's been really, really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you both of you for, for your time. Um, and then, Fran, I think we um, we always like to end the episode with with some actions and um, and ideas. So I think Jess, you've probably given us some some thoughts there already with with a couple of things you just said in terms of you know you talked about asking, um, including for opportunities, as you say, you know, stretching what's comfortable a little bit. So I, I guess one I take from that is almost stretch myself outside my comfort zone a little bit as well. You know, whether it's to do something slightly different I wasn't expecting, or even to make an ask sometimes that I haven't um, that I haven't. Uh, haven't got to haven't uh, done yet as well but um joseph anything anything else finally final finally from yourself as we wrap up no i don't think so that was that was really really insightful and and, and thanks again to jess for providing such brilliant answers yes no this has been really <laughs> really interesting thank you very much for having me wonderful no it's been a pleasure thank you very much thank you both very much indeed fran back back to yourself Fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Jess and Joseph. Um, that was brilliant. And we hope that you, the listeners, also enjoyed um, hearing everything um, from that episode. I tell you, stretching myself uh, with technology during this time has definitely <laughs> been true. something There's that one. I've done. Yeah. All right. So um, we hope that you can join us next time on the next episode when we'll be considering the apprenticeship route into law, uh, what that is, uh, and all things around that topic. Um, so in the meantime, thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.